Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. And thank you, worship team. Love worship this morning. Really glad that we got to get some some extra worship in there. I always love when that happens. So um, last week, Elder John actually preached for us, and we went through Revelation chapter 2. Um, these are the letters to the seven churches, the seven ancient churches, um, but they still have application for today. Um, he talked about um, hearing and repenting and overcoming, uh, and we are kind of going to continue in that. Um, but before we do, I have a simple little prayer. Uh, I called this Hear and Understand. And this is something I picked up from a church in Colorado. Um, a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, will you speak to me because I'm listening? And if you would, extend that prayer to somebody else sitting next to you. It could be someone you know or a total stranger across the aisle. I know it's kind of spaced out here because of social distancing. But would you pray? Lord, I pray for that person. Will you give them the faith and the courage to respond to you? And if we use that to kind of go into a sermon, it can allow us to, even if I make a mistake or flub my words, the Holy Spirit can still speak through that. It prevents me from falling into pride and, um, you know, kind of helps you guys to actually hear from the Spirit. Um, I'm going to do my best, obviously, um, Holy Spirit leading, but... um, you know, I wanted to continue, and the reason why I bring that up, the reason why I talk about that prayer, is because uh, all throughout um, those verses that we were going through, he ended with this one specific phrase, and uh, um, I'll pull from Revelations 3, verse 6, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, something that I tell my teens um, as we are going through the Bible. If God's repeating something twice, it's probably important to hear. If he repeats it three times, you better write it down. He repeats it seven times. So I hope you guys have underlined this. Um, God is constantly speaking to us, and sometimes it's little things here or there. Sometimes, uh, like, I'll walk into a room and I'll forget why I'm in there. And sometimes I just have that little reminder, oh, you need to grab the scissors out of the drawer because you need to do whatever. Like, oh, thank you, Lord, and I'll move on. Or sometimes it's something big like um, meeting the woman that I'm going to marry. <laughs> That's kind of a, a, a big thing, and that was something that God spoke to me about. Um, and that's, yeah, amazing woman. Thank you. <laughs> she- <laughs> Who said that? (laughs) But uh, she was more than I could ever ask or think. Um, And I prayed for her for a while. Sorry, dear. (laughs) But more than I could ever ask or think, and that's what God promises to bless us with. And that's, you know, along with God speaking to me. If I wasn't hearing from him, I'd forget why I was in the room and probably not grab the scissors or possibly miss out on an amazing woman. Um, So in that, and as we heard in the song earlier, because God is constantly working, he's also constantly speaking to us. And if we are not constantly listening to him, then we'll miss it. And that is listening. I don't know if you guys ever had this. 
Uh, it might just be me. I was a, one of those kids in class where the teacher would say, I know you can hear me, but are you listening? Or my mom would say that. Or sometimes my fiancé. I have a problem listening sometimes. But in that, that's, that's what this verse is talking about. We need to not just hear, but comprehend, listen, um, and as John said, actually repent and overcome. Do something with what we're hearing, not just, yeah, yeah, God, I heard you. God, thank you. I'll, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, because sometimes we can do that. Um, we'll, we'll start with Sardis. This is um, chapter 3. I'm going to finish out the last few churches um, of these seven churches. Um, starting in verse 1, um, this is Sardis. They had a few strong believers, but they had started to atrophy. Um, Verse 1, to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, he who, has the seven church, sorry, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you, are, you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes this will be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." So here, the reason why I wanted to talk about hearing, um, in each of these letters, there's something for us to understand. Not everything applies to us. Not everything applies to our church. But there are some things that you can pick up here and there. Um, we found a lot. So for instance, um, Ephesus, they did well to root out false teachers, but they abandoned their first love. That's something that we can run into where um, we, can, we can do really well in one area, but then we forget all about Christ. And that's something that John talked about. Um, Smyrna, they were being prepped for persecution. You might be running into a season in life where you're going to run into persecution. So what God blessed Smyrna, Smyrna with, sorry, in prepping them for that, we can use that to apply to our lives. Pergamum, they had strong faith, but they had let idol, idols lead them astray. That is relatively common here in America where it's easy to, you know, have that strong faith in God. But, oh, I really care about my job and I need to let, maybe, maybe I won't work uh, or maybe I'll work on Sunday because I just need to get these things done and won't go to church. It's, it's easy to add in those idols. Still have a lot of faith, but let those idols kind of sink in and lead us astray. Those are things that we can pay attention to. Thyatira, they'd been faithful but allowed uh, a Jezebel among them. And that, again, led them astray. These are things, as we're going through these, they might speak to you. Something might uh, uh, almost highlight in red for you specifically or for the church that you go to um, right here, our church family, but also not just us, but the church family as a whole. What is the church in all of the United States look like? What does the church in all of the world look like? Some of these things. John brought up um, 
like in China, they have a very different view of persecution. That's not something that we have to deal with here. That's not really something that we need to prep for, but it is something that we should still pay attention to, listen to, for when our time comes. So, um, in going back to Revelations uh, uh, chapter 3, 1 through 6, uh, here, Sardis is called to, this is verse 2, Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which are about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So here Christ is imploring them, look, you guys have let yourself fall a lot. You're known far and wide for being this great church, and yet you're dying inside. But you're not done yet. I still have things that I want you to do. You're not all the way gone. And I'm here to remind you guys that you still have people that are following your way. Sometimes uh, in our personal lives, we can have places where we're very strong in faith, but we let ourselves fall away here or there. Sometimes it might be in health, or sometimes it might be in um, maybe our job. Maybe we're not working quite as hard as we should, not showing God working through us as we're going through our day. In those things, we can take that and apply it to ourselves to not let part of us thrive and the rest of us die. In our bodies, if we allow that, eventually the whole thing dies. If we have an infection in our foot, eventually that can just move its way all throughout our body. It's the same thing here. And Christ is being very kind but stern with the church of Sardis. You still have people in there that are still doing my works. But if you don't grow that up, if you don't uh, basically bring back the parts of you that are dead, then in verse, uh, where is it? Verse 3, he talks about uh, basically coming and getting rid of them. Uh, And that would be really unfortunate. So here... Again, um, that's kind of what he's talking about in Sardis, and those are some things that we can apply to our own lives. And again, he ends with verse 6, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Um, I also pulled out, this is Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return here without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So here Jesus is saying, Look, I know that I know that Sardis, you're you're dying. But again, I still have that word for you. And here, again, God is saying, what I say will happen. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to go along with that. Because I can find somebody else who will step in and take your shoes. Next is Philadelphia. Philadelphia had been persecuted and needed encouragement to continue to stay faithful. Um, and these, this is a lot nicer than uh, what we have from Sardis. So this is going to be verses 7 through 13. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, 
He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Here he's giving them encouragement. I've opened a door for you. There is a path forward. You're not stuck where you're at. Verse 9, Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. So this is what they're dealing with. They're dealing with the church of Satan, calling themselves Jews and persecuting them and lying, and they know what's right. And God is saying, look, I will take care of them. Here's your path forward. I've opened that door, and no one can shut it. Then verse 10, because you have kept my word, kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he who will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And my new name, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. If we keep our minds on uh, on God's word, renewing our, our minds, working in the community, blessing others, even when there is persecution, God offers hope. And that is is really seen here. Again, they're going through this the Church of Philadelphia is going through a lot of strife. It seems like there's no way out and God has to give them this uh, encouragement. Keep moving forward. You guys have persevered through so much and in that you won't have to go through that final uh, that final judgment. You have your crown, hold tight to it. And I'll give you he'll he'll write his name on your uh, on yourselves. Um, in this, I pulled Matthew five verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They are striving to be God's chosen people, striving to be that body that God's called us to be, and God answers them with this encouragement: "You have it already. I've opened the door." All you need to do is walk through, persevere, hold on to your crown, and keep moving forward. Now, Laodicea is a completely different story. I'm really glad that I got chapter 3, actually. Thank you for taking chapter 2, John. Um, because my favorite thing about chapter 3 is you get to see, first, Sardis, who is, is having some problems. They're basically rotting from the inside out. Then you have Philadelphia, on the other hand, who is persevering through strife, and they just keep pushing forward, and God gives them uh, kind of a a leg up and a a healthy push. Laodicea, on the other hand, falls right in the middle. They'd fallen into religion, either running away or to God. They just stopped. So this is uh, verse 14 through 22. To the angel of the church of Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, 
the beginning of the creation of God, says this. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot or neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments that you may be, uh, that you may clothe yourself and that shame, that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Again, he's kind of hinting at that you need to be able to hear. You need to be able to see. And you guys have blinded yourself so much that you can't even listen to what I'm talking to you about or see what I'm showing you. Verse 19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and he will dine with me and he with me. I will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So again, we see that contrast between Sardis and Philadelphia with Laodicea right smack dab in the middle. This is exactly where we don't want to be. And this is where I see a lot of churches in the United States where they go out and they go to church. Most of the body doesn't, isn't really invested in volunteering. Most of the body is, you know, maybe tithing, but tithing with a clenched fist or, you know, they're, they're doing some work in the community, but not doing as much as they could. This is where I see a lot of churches in the United States. I don't see that here. I see a lot of people volunteering. I see a lot of people up here worshiping. But it is interesting to take a look at that. Um, here, again, Laodicea, they're not really doing much. They're going through the motions but they're not pursuing God where God wants them to be. They're also not doing anything crazy like letting in devil worshipers or anything like that. They're just sitting there. And we can tend to do that ourselves. It's very easy to just get into a routine. All right, I'm going to church, and then tomorrow I go to work. What are the things that I need to worry about tomorrow? And you start thinking about that instead of listening to what I'm saying. Or you know, whatever. Um, or even in worship, I can find myself sometimes drifting off. Um, I'm planning a wedding now, so that's a little stressful and something that is, oh, you know what, it would be really nice if we did this. Or, oh wait, I'm, I'm trying to worship God, let me refocus, and then you kind of get on there. It's very easy, now that's me preaching to myself, but it's very easy sometimes to uh, get involved with life and forget that God is right here with us. When we're worshiping, he's walking up and down the aisles. When we are praying to him, we're not praying to somebody way up there. We're praying to somebody who's standing right next to us. We're praying to God 
who's living in oops, who's living inside of our spirit, not our mic. Sorry. <laughs> and that's where God wants us to be. That's what God's calling us to do. And so easy, or it's so easy to fall back and think so much of fleshly things, to think so much of the world that we forget. We fall into that religion. So, even in this, God gives them the way out. He's constantly knocking. All we have to do is simply listen. Again, let me go back to um, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Going back to what John said last week, he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. We have that same ability to come to the throne room of God because Jesus overcame and he's constantly there asking for us, hey, would you just take a moment and listen? I have a better life for you. I have a better afterlife for you. I can give you blessing and honor and glory. And you can say that you're rich. You can say that you have everything, as the Church of Laodicea did. But you don't know how poor and miserable you are. And God is constantly offering that if we are only willing to listen. In all of these verses, God chooses to end with the same sentence. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, we can apply this to our lives, but we can also apply this to the church as well. Not just here, but the church in the entire world as well. Not just our little community, but the city of Lynchburg or the state of Virginia. Throughout the seasons of this church, it's ebbed and flowed. There's been great times. There's been hardships. I haven't been here for much of its history, but in what I know from those, there's been those moments of great triumph and struggle. But we're here today in the midst of a pandemic worshiping God. I think that is awesome. We've had to cut down seating. We've had to get creative with how we space those things out. And you guys are still here. It's not the church, this building, the seats that matter. It's coming here to worship God. We have a pastor who's willing to hear from God and also a congregation who prays and hears from God. As we do, we also listen. But let us continue and take hold of what God tells us to do. Elder Sam's currently leading us in a 24 to double program. And the focus of that is to get us out into the community, to get us into discipleship, to really push towards the goal of what church is. And that's building the body of Christ and getting them to be that bride that Christ wants to be. Wants us to be, sorry. We also hold corporate prayer here. We've done work in Miriam's house. These are ways that we are praying for the body, that we're listening and going out into the community and working. If we keep moving forward and investing in lives here and following God's voice, this church 
will be a blessing to God, will continue to be a blessing to God, and will also thus be a blessing to us. In all of these churches, in all seven of the churches that we looked at in chapter 2 and 3, there's a lot that we can learn, and I encourage you guys to go back this week and read through chapters 2 and 3 yourselves. If there's things that God points out to you, perhaps in your life, maybe write them down. Highlight them in your Bible. As you're going through your daily Bible reading, there's things that God is going to speak to you. Write those down. Don't just hear them, but listen. Overcome, repent, do what you need to do, and God will not only be blessed by that, but also bless you in that. I want to thank you guys for coming today. Again, this pandemic season has been very odd, and I'm so glad that I get to worship with you guys here today. I'm going to end with a prayer. If you all bow your, head, bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I thank you that you speak to us and you are constantly knocking at the door. We ask that you would uh, continue to uh, not lose faith in us. We thank you for the blessing that you've given us in your son, but also in the blessing of continuing to Reach out. It's so easy to forget how, how impossible it is that you love us and continue to love us in our state of sin. You love us unconditionally and are willing to go to every length, including sending your son to die for us. We thank you so much in that. We ask that as you are speaking to us this week in our prayer and Bible reading and in this message as well, we ask that your spirit would flow and that we would be able to hear and listen and take heart and move forward with what you're telling us, Lord. We thank you so much and we praise you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to leave you with this uh, little blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.